Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bedded sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not, is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you when, who formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame is not hidden from you, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are still more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given him victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha said, sent a message to him saying, Go, 
Wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and, your sh- and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me the Lord would surely come, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, Wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. James chapter 4, verses 8 through 17. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your daughter, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. So who then are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wishes, we will do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Anyone, then, who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, commits sin. Good morning, and welcome to the 16th Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Um, I'm definitely in a uh, bad streak for being consistent. I apologize for missing on Friday. Um... There's still just some scheduling and new career responsibilities um, that are that we're just sorting through. Um, long story short, um, t- two two of the mornings last week I had the kids early on and I just wasn't able to record. Um, and I'm trying to get in the habit of recording the night before, so hopefully I can do that, especially if, if y'all pray for me that I can make it consistent. This morning's readings are from Psalm 139, uh, 2 Kings 5, and James 4. And the King's reading is about this commander of a foreign nation uh, by the name of Naaman. Uh, and he was pretty decent, and um, this, the, his character is contrasted with the fact that he has leprosy. Um, and they're not the Arameans are not, at the time, I don't think, enemies of Israel, though they have been. And the story even mentions that um, there's a young girl who's a slave from the land of Israel that the Arameans had taken. Um, and so they're, they're definitely not in friendly terms. But um, the, the Israelite girl says, hey, there's a prophet in my land, and if you go there, he might be able to heal you. And so the king of Aram tells Naaman, yeah, that's fine, cool. I'll send a letter so that 
Israel knows that you're not coming, you know, to wage war or anything. And um, the king of Israel is a little nervous. Um, and I'm not sure if we know who the king of Israel is just in this passage. I'm sure if we read earlier in 2 Kings 5, we'd know. But anyway, um, the, the king of Israel is nervous that he is coming to bring war. And he tears his clothes. And he reads the letter, but it apparently doesn't reassure him. And so Elisha um, hears of this um, foreigner slash enemy and says, well, send him to me. And so um, what is so interesting about this passage, or beneficial, I think, is that here's this general. And he's used to, you know, like the centurion of great faith says, commanding people to do this and that, and they do it, and blah, blah, blah. And he's used to being, he's used to a certain amount of, of maybe not arrogance, but like national pride and personal pride. And it sounds like he deserves it. It sounds like he's a good man. Um, but it's that pride that gets in the way. Um, when you begin to dehumanize your enemy, that is the beginning of the end. You know, if you, you can do anything to unhuman enemies, and then when you realize, oh, they're actually people just like me, that's when it fucks you up morally. Um, so, for example, like you think, you know, if your ship gets bombed by a kamikaze pilot, and then you end up on an island fighting, and you've you just got it in your head that all Japanese soldiers are horrible. You manage, you come across the body of a uh, a dead Japanese soldier and you find a picture of his wife and you're like, oh, this is a human. Like that, when you cross the threshold, that, you know, it's it's almost like the, the Marvel show, the Loki show, where it's like, it's this mysterious place that you can't quite exactly figure out where it is. It's a slow process, but it happens. And it happens with Naaman somewhere along the line, so such that... Just because he's in another land, he thinks that their water is somehow no, you know, it's it's worse. That our our water, our rivers are better. And Naaman even says, um, "Aren't our own rivers better than Israel?" He really believes that clearly. Um, Elisha has just said, "Look, just go wash in in this river," and Naaman hears in Israel's river. He's going to an, an Israelite prophet to cure this embarrassing condition, and so it cuts to the you know the core of his confidence. I don't want to call it pride because I want to believe the text that he was a person of good character, and people of good character can still have these you know subtle flaws like pride, and. So he, he gets like, just like the king of Israel, he assumes the worst. Uh, and the worst is that I am better than you just because I am me and you are you. And he thinks that Aramean rivers are better. Why can't I go wash in one of the other rivers? Well, the fact is that um, Elisha is a prophet of God who speaks on behalf of God. And so God has determined that now is the time that Naaman shall be healed and this is what he shall do to be healed. And the fact is that Israel, Israel's rivers are not better than others. I can't stress that enough. Israel's waters are not better than Aramean waters. They're both the same. But 
um, Elisha, um, by God's power, has made it true that it is time for Naaman's leprosy to be healed. And this is what he must do. Um, and we, you know, we might be forgiven if we thought like, yeah, really, Israel's waters are better. I don't believe that they are. I think that, you know, God could have chosen anywhere to be the promised land and any people to be the, the chosen people. It's about God, not the Israelites, not the Israelites' waters, um, not, you know, whatever talisman they have. You know, it's about God. Um, and so they both, um, Naaman and the king of Israel have the same gut check reaction of, you know, the worst must be true, and they're different sides of the same coin. The king thinks they're going to war and he can't trust this letter. Um, the inverse of that is that, you know, the danger from without. Um, with Naaman, it's the danger from within. His pride keeps him from seeing the truth. That is that God has has declared through Elisha that he should be healed, and all he has to do is obey. It doesn't. The, which waters don't matter. Um, our waters are not better than the waters of Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, you know, England's waters are not better than Scotland's waters or something. Like, we're missing the point if we still put things into our little, our petty little human boxes. Uh, and that's why the reading from James reminds us not to judge. Like, don't think that you're better than someone else because it's not true. You cannot judge. Um, or, well, the I, I have this inkling feeling that the original sin is not um, is not you know sin of its own accord the original sin was eating something and be, and becoming aware believing to become aware of the knowledge of good and evil um, and I don't think the tree was magical I think it was just you know this is what we we were told something and so we think something and then when we do this thing we believe it. We believe that we can judge good and evil. And so we go on, go around doing it. And James um, goes on to talk about speaking evil against the law and judging the law, but it's really about the lawgiver and the judge. Um, when we try to judge, um, you know, consciously or subconsciously, I think, with um, the king and with Naaman, when we try to judge, we assume the role of God. That's the problem. Um, we should not and, and ultimately truly cannot be judge um, because God is judge and the law is there um, not for, you know, not for, um, you know, punishing people, but like uh, to point to the law giver. Um, in, the, in the military, it's especially easy, I think, to dehumanize our, our neighbors um, you know, I, I probably would have been the same way as Naaman. I know a lot of people would like, wait, I have to go to, you know, Afghanistan and go to this water when there's like, well, I have water in my little koi pond back, you know, in my backyard. Why don't I just do it there? Um, that's natural. I mean, that's, that's just what happens. Um, but if we are to be people of God, it means, um, you know, residing in a place in our mind, I guess, in which we really are no better 
and no worse than anybody else. And that it's not about, you know, the the who and where and what I am. It matters, you know, the who and where and what and how God is. Because everything is ultimately about God. It's not about us. And part of the practice of understanding that um, is to not, you know, make enemies, to not um, see the worst in everyone and everything around you. A prayer for joy in God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. O Heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty, open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that, rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.